Hello, and welcome to our 10th episode of Disney's Follies. Woohoo! Yay! Double digits! Yes. We made it, Justine. We made it. Did you think we'd make it? Uh, after episode nine? No. No, no, no absolutely not. We had our, 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 probably our freest and one of our funnest, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you call it fancy, a bit of a different uh, thing in the last episode. We hope you enjoyed that party. I hope so, yeah. yeah. Today we'll be discussing Melody Time. Melody Time! So mm-hmm. we are almost out of the clearing for these packaged films, ladies and gentlemen. This one and one more, and then we're into the nitty gritty. And we'll tell you, it has, it has been quite a, a slog sometimes slog, yeah. going through these. Um, like there's no other word than slog. Yes, yes. For this. They're antiquated, they can be corny, they're wildly, uh, a wildly diverse level of uh, success in terms of each segment. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and this one was not received very well when it did come out. So, um, do we know if compared to the others it was the, the weakest? Do we have an idea of kind of how they went? Mm. Um, we know that Saludos uh, Amigos was very successful, Three Caballeros less so, I wonder... You never hear about these being hits. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. It just as at the time of its release, this film was received with generally unfavorable reviews. And mm. I did notate this on the Wikipedia page. I didn't see it on the other ones, so I'm not sure. I wonder how um, how many of those early films were received poorly. You hear mixed sometimes, right. but certainly the critical consensus was mostly positive through the first five, and mm-hmm. then. Um, Saludos Amigos people liked, the next one they liked. Um, these, the information, you know, is a little bit scarcer on the internet because right. there's less to write about. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, people don't usually go back to them and make a thing out of it. But there no. definitely is some inter- an interesting aggregation of talent, um, yes. you know, in, in these in these ones here. And in this um, one as well. Yeah, and I guess... Well, do you want to go do, through the biggest names there? What about we, talent? What I would actually, what I would prefer to do. Well, well we could start with, uh, uh, you know, we say Roy Rogers. He's top yeah. build. Essentially, Roy Rogers he's is like the. He's like the draw yeah. of this, the way that... And we'll talk more about these people, I think, when we get to their <clears throat> segment. Yes, yes. Roy Rogers is kind of the draw, the way that Edgar Bergen and uh, Jiminy Cricket mm, and these mm-hmm, folks, these mm-hmm. li- just these little kind of names. There are actually yeah. some pretty big names throughout this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe even more so, they'll make my music. Yeah. And um, all from a very, a very white and now very square era. We've yep. talked about that a little bit before, but in this one, it's insane. This one is the most prevalent. There's not a dab of color. No. Uh, and there's even just a tiny touch of cultural appropriation to keep things fun. But yeah. we'll get around to all of it. Um, <clears throat> um, Roy Rogers, Andrew Sisters, again, coming back. Yes, the ever-popular Andrew also Sisters. Also, the, the Dinning Sisters, so I don't know, another sister group. They were very popular back in the day. Oh, the Dinning Sisters, and for the Samba. Yeah, that, yeah, they're backing Ethel Smith in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't take note of that. Uh, I don't know anything about the Dinning Sisters, actually, quite frankly. Probably a copy group of the right, other Right, probably. And I don't recognize a lot of these other names. I'm just going to go through and list the cast. Trigger, Roy Rogers' horse. The smartest horse in the movies, <laughs> as, they, as they say. Until in the Mr. Ed, right? Well, a horse is a horse, of course, of course. And no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Ed. I, I, I don't know. Mr. Ed was kind of a scene. He I talked. Think. He did. <laughs> he did, in, in a sense, yes. 
But uh, Dennis so, Day, uh-huh. the Andrews sisters, we already talked about. Fred Waring and the Pennsylvania. I don't yeah. know. I have all these people. Oh, sure, down here, you do so. it. Well, no, we'll go through. I want to go through segment by segment. Okay, if you don't sorry. Mind, just with it. No, it's cool. It's cool. But um, yeah. what I do want to talk about uh, is you know, I don't know if it's the Andrew Sisters or not. It was my guess, but we watched a couple shorts that were not included, mm. but I guess were peripheral. And yes. so there is. Uh, so there's three of them that were included on the DVD that we got. And so there's seven segments in the film. So I wondered if maybe they were going to try to make a ten, and some of the other shorts were a little bit longer than others, so maybe they were like, yeah, for time, we'll just cut these three. I actually like these three better than some of the ones that were actually made it into I agree it. with you. I agree with you. They're so the first one is Casey Bats again. We have often heard the legend of Casey at the Bat. But have you ever heard about what happened after that? Which is adorable. So it's our friend Casey back. From, from Make, Make My, My Music. Music. It's Good. a little bit of a sequel. So he's married, and he's super proud to have an offspring, and he thinks it's a boy, and he's that boy, that supposed boy, is throwing that baseball, and oh no, heavens to Betsy, it's a girl. And then oh, he wow. keeps doing it until, well, he has nine girls and no boys. Um, this and is then, a wonderful premise. This is just a wonderful premise. And like, he's it's, super, super bummed that he can't uh, carry on his legacy and name. Um, I'm... You're the wrong person to ask for this, but is, is that really a thing? Being sad about not passing on your, your legacy through a male my, heir? My feeling is that it's dying out, for sure. Uh, maybe Good. just before, you know, our parents' generation, though. I mean, I'm sure it was quite prevalent. I mean, obviously it's around the people just before them, and there are people that would be contemporary with the people in these movies. But yeah. um, I love that it's a short that it attacks that that masculine stubbornness. I yes. Love that the oh whole yeah. No, I love that. I'm just it. saying, I was it's just like feminist. It's like literally feminist. It's, it's very cute. And then like, and then he, and then the people are like, Hey Casey, like your girls are pretty baseball, like pretty talented at baseball. Right. And then he's like, Oh, and also I have nine. That's what makes a baseball team. So he makes the first women's baseball team, which was popular mm-hmm. while they were making this movie. This is 40 years before League of Their Own. No, no, what I'm saying, yeah, but League of Their Own was based on... Based on something that was happening contemporarily. That was happening contemporarily while mm-hmm. they were making this movie, mm-hmm. at least. This was released after World War II. And no, during World War II, League of Their Own, just go watch it. Pause this, go watch League of Their Own oh, if yes. you don't know what we're talking Absolutely. about. Yo, but Everybody so this, knows that, right? It was very... Must. I mean, must. Yeah, and so Casey is redheaded, his wife is redheaded, all this nine women are redheaded. There's a lot of redheads in, in this movie. <laughs> Melody Time. And yeah, it's, we were wondering if there was this prevalence that's sort of un- underdocumented of. I know that some of the big stars, and you could probably name them better, uh, mm-hmm. listeners out there, um, were, were redheaded around that time. And. Um, you know, these days it's you know there, there's all those those articles about the genetics fading away, and it see, it seems like you can pick a redhead out very rarely in a crowd. So right. I wondered if there was like a golden age of the redhead, or or, or they're just you know, they draw your eye to the screen that they're because yes. maybe nowadays they're so rare. So I was noticing them a little bit more. We were actually um, talking a little bit yesterday about the color process, right? The fact that. Um, you know, some of those, because of the older color filming oh, processes, yeah, uh-huh. sometimes they look, like, colorized. The colors look a little artificial. So I wonder if perhaps studio heads were more drawn to people with those vibrant colors. That, and that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. Because they probably showed up differently on screen a little bit. Right. Don't you think? They were, like, brighter, yeah, probably. I do. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, and I'd have to really look. I mean, and you have to go back into Hollywood. You know, they changed so many things about those actresses back then that oh, it's yes. hard to tell, like... You know, natural hair color versus not. But so, well, but there was that one, and, and there then was... there was two other ones. Oh shoot, what was the middle one? Well, because uh, this uh, this film melody time is is sort of hinges on two main 
folkloric characters, uh, Pecos Bill and Johnny mm-hmm. Appleseed. Of course, Johnny Appleseed existed. Pecos Bill oh, did not. Right, right. But there is a Donald Short, and these are all on the DVD. So we're not sure, you know, each of each of their specific relationship to the movie. We're guessing, like we said, right. but um, it's called Donald Applecore. <laughs> And it's got, <laughs> literally, it's got Chip and Dale, although they don't speak. So they laugh one, or whatever. Uh, they mumble kind of words. Yeah. But yeah, so it's Donald pretty much being like an apple picker and him fighting with Chip and Dale, which yeah. is adorable. It's an exercise in agitation, like so many Donald mm-hmm. cartoons are. And um, But it had a great, this one had a great, we've talked in more than one episode now about mm-hmm. Donald's unique impact. And um, <laughs> I have to say that. I loved the song at the beginning, where it's like, who's got the greatest temperament around, or whatever it is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cute. It's cute. So that worked. But our favorite one, and this one I just have to tell you, is one that I didn't know everybody loved so much, but everybody in the room perked up. I've oh, never yeah. seen it before. <laughs> when we put it on, when we saw this was one of those shorts, we all were like, <gasps> Lambert, the sheepish lion. Lambert, the sheepish lion. And Ryan was just like, what is happening? What the hell is everybody talking about? We're like, yeah, about? you've never seen this before? I hadn't. Now, it's, we talk about, because we'll bring some up, there are some that, as a kid, that you see them on tapes or on TV, but... Yeah, I remember a lot of these being shown, like, I was saying, like, I feel like, I feel like I don't remember a lot of commercials happening while mm-hmm. watching the Disney Channel when I was little, but I do remember, like, a TV show would be on, and then, like, they'd probably do a short. I'm yeah. sure there was commercials, I just don't remember, and then they would go back to another program, so I, right. you know. Right, they probably have a lot of control over how much <clears throat> they break up with commercials and stuff like that. But yeah, the, right. in, throughout many, many decades, they would have... Like like historical features intertwined with everything else, and mm-hmm. all these things had a shelf life the way that Disney has always been uniquely good at keeping its characters alive over time. Oh yeah, so, for sure. Um, but these little classics, and I mean that was a classic. The the little bit that you sang, I love the. It's so cute. The sound of the sheep. Yeah. thing That the chorus. If and it's so, the Andrew sisters or not. But. Right. So we get the start stork again from Dumbo, and of course he misdelivers a. Uh, he's delivering lambs. And the lion is named Lambert, so I'm assuming there was a miscommunication with their packaging delivery. And Lambert goes, and there's this poor sheep mother who none of the lambs pick as a mother. And so she's off crying, and Lambert sees her, and he's like, well, those other lambs, and he doesn't know he's not a lamb, those other lambs have mothers, I want a mother. And so they, they bond right away. The stork realizes his mistake while they're bonding tries to take Lambert back and then they both of them have a standoff and the mother lamb kind of headbutts the stork and he's like, all right, I'm just a delivery guy. Yep. You do what you do, yep. lady. You want a lion? And, and that is Sterling Holloway again. Yeah, from, it is. From the Dumbo. great. Yep. The yep. great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he plays the stork and the narrator. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Lambert grows up. And, yeah, uh, so there's a little bit of adversary between Lambert and like the other lambs. Yeah, yeah. He know, has an awkward an ugly, period. Ugly duckling do. syndrome. Right. And then um, he grows up, and they realize, you know, it's, it's a good idea to have a lion around yeah, some sheep. Yeah, a bruiser that you're friends with, exactly, mm-hmm, right? Because a mm-hmm. wolf comes by, of course. Of course. Uh, an evil wolf, which, haven't we, that has to be the exact same design as Peter and the Wolf Wolf. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, it's very similar looking, ratty, yeah. angry, mean, skinny wolf. So. Um, but yeah, very heartwarming thing. And I would actually say, pound for pound, successful. Yes. Like, more successful. There are a couple shorts in Melody Time that are the same little misfit Trying to fit in, right? And this is much better. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some in here that we literally just watched, mm-hmm. and I remember Lambert in more detail. Granted, I did see it when I was a kid, and there was a nostalgia factor, but I never saw the 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 Apple Core one. I've never seen the um, the, the first, first one, one, the Casey at Bat again, and both 
all three of those are better than some of the ones that we've seen. Yes, yes. So. Well, well, what we say too with these that was if we've been watching them because we kind of knew going in that some of them would be a little bit boring, that yes. some of it would be a little bit less than wonderful, and the styles are very different usually mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like the tones and stuff. Um, but these movies very much invite each segment invites the level of attention it gets. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just like you when you zone when you zone, and if you're zoning, it's a worse thing. But yeah. let's let's go ahead and unpack this and this movie and yeah, see what's in here. So so it does its opening credits thing, and then how well, there's it, a motif, right? There's a, mm-hmm. a paintbrush. Yes, and so yeah, the introduction to each segment is with like a paintbrush painting a curtain, and then it's saying the title mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. thing. So um, that was pretty that was pretty fun. So I've said before I'm a sucker for for animation of animation. They've yes, done that in the last couple ones, and so I do yeah. enjoy those those segments very much. So this was kind of trying to be like. It wasn't as artistic as Fantasia, but, you know, trying to get more of that. Yeah. Again, just like Myth Make My Music. The same sort of thing, where it's a, it's a, it's a, it's playing into popular music rather than classical music. The ambitions are similar. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's put out a nice piece of popcorn for everybody. Right. There are still some very interesting artistic choices as far as backgrounds and otherwise. Yes. And in this first segment, which is probably my favorite yes. of them all, okay. um, that's very prevalent. Well, let's, let's talk real quick. About the whole Americana angle. Oh, I was going to say, the, this one compared with Make My Music, and it's been a while since I've listened to that episode of Us and seen it yeah, again. Me too. But um, I this, week, this I one I feel like has more of a thorough theme than Make My Music. Make My Music was just like, these are kind of fun, musically inspired animation things. Like, it's Fantasia, but jazzed up. Plus it's being made sort of before the war ends officially. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so a little bit more rushed, possibly. And then this one has a great swell of American pride minus mm-hmm. one. <laughs> they all kind of fit together with that common Americana theme and you were you were commenting the whole time like what is this animation style called because it's so quintessential yes. that time period Americana. You you've seen these paintings uh, listeners they're like mid 19th to early 20th something. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're like contemporary with the thing. Either, I mean either way they're after the times usually depicted like these if, old yeah. American like Kind of like apple blossom kind of thingies, and it's a stylized thing, but it's mm-hmm. very, it's not weird. Right, like I've, you've seen a picture painted in this style of a bridge in a Vermont B&B. Absolutely, absolutely. Or and I know a lot of our listeners house. are currently in Texas, and that will make zero lick of sense to any of you. I'm sure we have a lot of listeners that do their fair share Airbnb in uh, in Vermont. Yeah, why not? But it's that that kind of picture, like mm-hmm. the bridges of Madison County, that that foliage, that tunnel, yeah, painting form. We we talk some about Disney's sincerity and how it sometimes. Um, you know, when you're sincere, you go one way or the other. When you throw when you throw all your conviction at something, you know, it either works or it doesn't, depending mm-hmm. on what you're convinced about. But um, I find that when it's li- when it's directly linked to patriotism mm-hmm. and that whole apple pie American thing, mm-hmm. I get more annoyed with it. And so, wow. like premise wise, look, I love America because it's cool and it's weird, not because it's this grand old flag, you know, super. You know, I I'm on that side of the divide, and so. The whole idea of, oh, let's bring back these folkloric heroes. and let's, I mean, if they had done it a little bit less kind of cornily, mm-hmm. I would have liked it more. But um, that's my whole beef with this movie. So I'm going to say, going on to that, bringing it back. So um, in one of the segments coming up, uh, a famous person that then became a legend is introduced. And when Disney was asked about it, he said it was time to get acquainted or renew acquaintance with 
the robust, cheerful, energetic representation of folk heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I liked that quote because it, it summed up, obviously, what was the thought behind it. And I wonder what you think the relationship is between that thought in the late 40s and the developments in the 50s, making his huge American empire. This is very important to America, Disneyland, <sighs> yeah. all these things. So. Um, well, okay, so let's let's unpack that. The two kind of people that he turned into folklore, pretty much, are Johnny Appleseed and Davy Crockett. And so... Uh, uh, Picos Bill. Well, Picos Bill wasn't a real person. Though. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. these were people that were around in the 1840s. So uh, that was 100 years ago. Mm. So possibly... I don't know. Waltz was very much... I mean, he really liked when he lived in Marceline, Missouri, and he really liked that kind of quaint mm. American sensibility. And so possibly, like... He, he would have Hearing had that of, upbringing, right? He would have had that upbringing, and then, like, he was very interested in history. Like, he dressed up and did a report on Lincoln dressed up as Lincoln. Uh. And so he liked that time period then as well. And so it makes sense to me in his reading of these kind of, like, larger-than-life characters, such as Johnny Appleseed, Davy Crockett, that he would want to bring, like, these grand heroes, and I think his love of history, and then his wanting to make these characters iconic that's a moment in history where he is on he is a zeitgeist on even though disney studios is doing its Mm -hmm. economic struggles like he is disney he is a legend in his Mm -hmm. own time he's very important he owns a niche and the war has just ended and american pride as well and yeah and uh, capturing that yeah with these americans he has an opportunity to be like one of the big patently american heroes and to feed the culture in that positive Yeah, and to way. sway the culture into yeah. his beliefs, which we yeah. t- touched on in the last episode. Well, we've touched bit. on his beliefs throughout in a very kind of almost nebulous fashion. Like, like it's hard to pin Walt down personally. There are books, you probably read some books mm-hmm. about him, you know, where you have an idea of kind of his whole mentality, but he, he's hard to know. What, what bothers me, and this is a little bit subjective, is just the fact that when you go back a couple years and we're at Fantasia... You know, he is thinking about art and how to expand arts. Damn commerciality, damn the conventions. And it's it's just, it's unfortunate to me that there's so much conservatism to the way that he um, kind of ultimately sealed his empire and built it up. That he, that he wasn't a subversive, he wasn't a total, like, crazy experimental revolutionary. He was revolutionary and he was mm-hmm. experimental. I just wish, I don't know, I just wish it had been a little weirder and a little more contra um, the the main way. I think know? he I think he was, but I think, first off, there's a lot of the being held back by the technology and yes. everything of your time. I think, I mean, especially if you go back and look at what his actual plans were for Epcot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and that, all, that city that he wanted to build, I mean, that's pretty That is innovative. pretty awesome, yeah. And it's just, I think what his focus starts leaning away from... And it's this is around that time, ladies and gentlemen, like, 48. We're only about seven years away from Disney, Disneyland opening at this point. Right. Five minus two. Yeah. Okay. Because 55 is when it opens. Obviously, there's some time where it needs to be built. We maybe see, like, you know what? I want some good, good old-fashioned American heroes. I want Johnny Appleseed. I want Davy Crockett. You guys do you. I got to focus on this park. Right. I hope that as we get through, we get a little bit better at parsing the weird paradoxes of Disney's relationship to this country, this country's relationship to its citizens, and kind of how he plays it. Because, I mean, like, Disney is one of the most important Americans yes. in, in the history of the country. But soon his focus is going to shift from the movies, and then, unfortunately, after that, we have a 
We have, I mean, a decent handful, but then he'll pass away. Yeah, he's done in like 20 years. So, so. you know, I mean, it'll I don't know if there's a big, yeah, it'll be interesting to see for those. Because Disney, the Disney studio is definitely affected by the 60s and the 70s and the 80s in ways that are felt in the the nature of the production of the, the films, if not the content of the films. Mm-hmm. Things get kind of weird in a way where you're like, well, it makes sense. Although the 90s renaissance is super interesting, too, because yeah. we're going to play with what exactly led to that, although it did start in the late 80s. Um... All right, let, let's get into the. Should we get in the film? And sure. We're talking about yeah. the Once Upon a Winter Time. We're together, once upon a winter time. Yes, and this is the one that that looks the most like those paintings we were talking mm-hmm. about. And this is one that I saw as a kid uh, on on one of those tapes, um, mm-hmm. my grandma's house that I always bring up in these things because I watched <laughs> a lot of Disney and, and Warner Brothers as kids. And I'll tell you, I love. This short, I told you, I thought it was on the same tape maybe as the one where there's a great Donald Duck short where he's having an ice war in a big mm-hmm. blizzard with That's his nephews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yes. And, um, this, so this short is about two people out on a sleigh ride, uh, an olden getup, uh, a young man and a young woman. Mm-hmm. They go for an ice skate and there are two rabbits that are also, it's like a double date basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And chaos ensues. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of ice cracking. So, the, yeah, they go skating, and then they're on thin ice, and there's cracking, and then, like, they, um, the animals, the two women bunny and the lady bunny get injured and are almost falling off a cliff, and then... Yeah, there's a big waterfall that seems really uh, uh, geographically misplaced. Right. But, uh, the horses save them, and then they are... they. They each kiss their sweethearts, and then, like, the and bunny they, melts the yeah, snow. Yeah, that's right. They get hot from the kiss, and they sink into the snow. But that's the, 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 in addition to the world being very stylized, and, of course, all the white of the snow against the darker colors of the sky and stuff, mm-hmm. um, there's so much great physical business, and this is so much great unique animation. It's just like one of those Pixar shorts that has a bit of a an individual drawing style, as it were. Um, and this is, of course, literal drawing in the one we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, where it's just... it's all silent, and every little moment is just lovely and creative. Yeah. I love all the ice cracking. I love all the business with the big petticoats and whatnot mm, that she has mm-hmm, on her dress. Mm-hmm. That bit you just talked about where they kiss their sweethearts and they turn red from blue because they were frozen, um, <laughs> even though one of them probably died from complications of hypothermia afterwards, sure. but it's okay. We don't see that in the thing. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was a great short. Yeah, it's a cute little date, you know, in the wintertime. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just it works, and it is yeah. very wholesome. Now, the, the artist uh, behind that one is Buddy Clark. He was one of the all of the people, as I said, very popular band leaders, usually in kind of swingy jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not a not a black soul among them, not a mm-hmm. crazy one among mm-hmm. them. Um, but they were also radio stars, some of them film stars. Buddy Clark, I believe, was mostly a band leader, but he had a big hit with a song called Linda. When I go to sleep, I never count sheep. I count all the charms about Linda. Named after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was named after. uh, How old was she at the time? Six. Linda McCartney, formerly Linda Eastman. Because Lee Eastman, uh, was a lawyer, right? Yes. And he, and yeah, I know about that. It was uh, Apple Records and all that. But anyway, he, he was uh, a friend of, uh, Buddy Clark's, and I guess he just, he wanted to pay tribute to this little girl somehow and, and name a, a teen that the singer is horny for after her. I'm not exactly sure of the logic there, but it is yeah, what it is. And I was yeah. like, the, the Beatles have a lot of other people writing songs about their wives. It does seem to be a thing. It does, and sometimes it really works. I mean, it often really works between Layla and Linda. I mean, you're, you're right there, so it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so, so that was a very good short, and I guess that covers it for that one. Did you yeah. want to say anything else um, about that short? No, I mean, we talked, she's redheaded as well, just yep. like Casey's daughters and yep. Casey and Casey's lady. Um, you know. Yeah. 
but just just a cute little winter northern date. Mm-hmm. Just very cute. What's the next segment? The next one is the Bumble Boogie. In a flight that is fast and furious, a confused little character tries desperately to escape from the hectic harmony of an instrumental nightmare. Okay, and you said this out of And history. so, yes, so this Bumble Boogie was actually, well, the piece of music, The Flight of the Bumblebee, which we, we talked about, I think, during Fantasia, was considered one of the pieces for Fantasia, but cut out. So this... This Bumblebee one is kind of like a jazz variation of Flight of the Bumblebee. Mm. And so they're kind of playing off of that. And this Bumblebee is flying around into piano, or flying around into flowers that are, the petals are piano keys. And it's just kind of going everywhere. And it's a cute little yeah. jazzy thing. We had said in the Fantasia episode that, um, you mentioned that, that, that they were going to do the Rimsky-Korsakov Flight of the Bumblebee or something like that. And mm-hmm. I thought, what a missed opportunity. What a great visual. Right. Well, here they are, you know, yep. only a handful of years later doing it. Um, now, the, the the artist there is Freddie Martin. Uh, he was kind of big in this. They called them sugar orcs. They oh. were like sweet orchestras that were kind mm-hmm. of... In a way, not anti-jazz, but consciously moving away from kind of the whole Ellen- right. Ellingtonian kind of basis. So, you know, one of one of these fellas that's just very successful in that milieu. I did get something wrong, and I'm going to have to do some oh. tricky editing. So, edit well, Ryan. Godspeed. Actually, Godspeed to Justine, because I'm editing this episode. It's actually the first one I'm editing, so I hope you guys really like it. And if you don't, just kidding, Ryan totally edited it. Except for he left this part in. Okay, bye. Buddy Buddy uh, Clark uh, is actually the narrator of the film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to real quick, in case I want to splice it somewhere else, I'm going to say, the film is narrated by Buddy Clark. It's confusing because he was also a singer, so. Yeah, exactly. The the artist in that first one, Once Upon a Winter Time, is Frances Langford. Oh. Uh, she was both an actress and a singer. Um, she played uh, a famous older singer, Nora Bays, in Yankee Doodle Dandy, opposite James Cagney. She had her hits. Oh, and she was also Don Amici's wife in the great radio show, The Bickersons, um, which is a wonderful dual comedy thing that they did for many years, and uh, she was Don Amici's wife there, and it was, so that was wonderful. But yeah, so, so Frances Langford is the singer on Once Upon a Winter Time. We have Johnny Appleseed. John Chapman, a real-life pioneer. With the passing years, however, reality has given way to legend. Until today, we know this remarkable man simply as Johnny Appleseed. So the legend Johnny Appleseed is next. Um, the second longest short in this one. This one's 17 minutes. Very much the center of the film. You, right. Very much it turns into the Johnny Appleseed show for a long time. And right. how it feels, yeah. So um, Johnny Appleseed was a real person, John Chapman, who... Spent a lot of his life roaming the Midwestern America and planting trees, and I believe was also a like a traveling preacher. Mm. I mean, he carried a Bible in this, so I'm assuming he was a, a preacher of some sort as well. Um, you know, a cute little, cute little short. He has a little pot on his head. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, he's he's starting. He has an apple farm, and he sees all these pioneers going west. And he wants to go west too, but he's not really good at, I'm assuming, hunting or anything that you would need to set he's up for pioneer, boy, so. pioneer stuff. And so Davy Crockett appears to him in the form of an angel. It's unconfirmed that it's Davy, but we're pretty sure uh, well, it's okay, Davy. Well, okay, yeah, right? we're pretty sure it's Davy. He has like a coon ca- coonskin cap, and um, he. It, I don't know if they would have ever met up in. I don't know if they would ever, because they're both real life people, I don't know if they would have ever met up in real life, but I mean. 
Davy Crockett died earlier than John Chapman did. At the Alamo, right. Yeah. But they were roughly contemporary, we looked up. Yeah, and so, so, you know, it seems like for historically sake, maybe putting that in there. And that's what I was referencing earlier with all of the stuff about, you know... The folkloric um, Disney putting him in. I mean, they also did some live-action Disney... uh, They did a Davy Crockett Crockett movie. Big hit song that everybody knows. Davy, Davy Crockett. Davy, Davy Crockett. King of the wild frontier. King of the wild frontier. Right. And um, what did you say about that he popularized, like, the look of Davy Crockett? Right. So, I mean, Disney was the one that started putting the... The, the famed Coonskin cap. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which they still sell in Disney, and then they used to sell them where I think that they were not all synthetic before. And um, now they're all synthetic, but before I think the tail wasn't. Mm. Um, there's a cute picture of my boyfriend when he was little, wearing one of them, with his head in the little stockades. It's so cute. I really have to see that picture. I need to ask his folks where it is. Um, <laughs> well, it's good. I guess they're not killing as many raccoons as they used to. Although I, I don't know. They're not a super socially beneficial I don't know. creature. Um, but we don't endorse killing animals. But either. yeah, I think so. I think Disney popularized that look of Davy Crockett. So maybe I don't know. What did you know. think of the sequence? Um, I mean, it was a little bit long. And a little bit corny. A little bit corny. So. Very little humor, and occasionally what it is. I mean, it's not you know. Great. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're gonna like if you're studying folk tales or showing it to like if you're a teacher if you're showing it to your students like it's a good example of like um, a tall tale or a folk tale kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. You know, but you know, but it's, it's that just, same kind of like middle. It's American, more educational than it is entertaining. Rustic, possibly boring. I would bit. say. I mean, it's semi-educational. Of semi-educational. course, it's more. It's as, as educational as any Disney I meant, cartoon about. I meant educational in the fact of thing. like, oh, uh, this is a tall tale. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you're showing an you example know, of that. So sort of that mixture of of tall and. Well, I, well, I did say I, I like that. Um, uh, the character animation on, mm-hmm. on, on Johnny Appleseed. He's actually, he's animated in a very kind of interesting and cute way with, yeah. his, with the way he moves. Um, in some of these these sequences, I was noting that Disney was getting significantly better, his animators, at animating human beings. Oh, yeah, and men. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a kind of a diverse way. And they're still stylized, but, like, the movement stuff gets more realistic yeah. in a really fun way. I haven't been looking at that, but you're, you're right. Yeah, uh, and there's some nice animation. There's some pretty landscapes and stuff, mm-hmm. as there would be in something right, like in this. Right, something pl- pl- planting seeds. And then, so, he goes and spends his whole life planting apple seeds, and he stumbles upon one of his farms that he's planted, and he sees, you know... Pioneers and Native Americans dancing together and celebrating the fruits of their labor, no pun intended, mm. uh, p- having like an apple kind of, f- an apple harvest. If you had intended that, that would have been good. I know, I did intend it. <laughs> uh, but that's just what you say yeah, after Yeah, no, of pun. course. Just, yeah, so you don't, so um, you don't get credit if it's bad. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just dancing around, and they're making apple pies and dumplings and yada, 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 and that he's bringing people together. So right. it's, you know, and then it ends with him... Sleeping, he's an older man sleeping behind, yeah, behind a tree, and Davy Crockett kind of, or the Davy Crockett, quote unquote, comes and gets him, and he, his spirit leaves his body. Yeah, and they walk away. He, and it's he has pretty. a little existential crisis, a bit like, oh, I can't stay here. I can't, I can't leave my skin. But Davy Crockett talks him into it, and they walk off into the. And that's because he's like a hard worker, together. right? Like he really wants to keep working. Because I, I was saying to you, it was like if I was suddenly greeted by an angel and realized I was dead, I was like, oh, I'd be like, oh, great. There's something after this life, <laughs> you know? Okay, I'm off. Good. Yeah, Wonderful. I think it's just because he wanted to keep. Yeah, spreading. It was like a good old hardworking American. What sure. a guy! What a it's guy! It's inconclusive whether or not he in fact did repair um, Native American and. Um, 
you know, imposter American, what yeah, we want to call I, ourselves. I, I mean, I've always heard <laughs> conflicting things about Johnny Appleseed. There's a whole Wikipedia thing. I'm not... Oh, I'm sure he, he had some I dirty boots. I didn't read into it, and so I didn't, And if you really want to, you can do that. That's the whole own. thing. you got to be compelled to do it. It's exactly like you were talking... I want to bring this up. Like, you're talking about, like, reading um, Little House of the Prairie and stuff like that, or any oh. of these things you read in yeah. school and stuff like that, where it's like... Or, like, Jack London, who's actually better. Um, but, like, you know, you're Johnny Tremaine's, or you're Caddy Woodlawn's, or, or you're these Old kind Man of, in the Sea. And you just... You love... Go- it's not all about being out in nature... Um, probably shouldn't drive by Old Man in the Sea now that I think about it. We probably have some Hemingway fans out there. But you know what? Screw you guys. But it also takes Great place in nature, theory. and it's a lot. Yeah. Like, pick another one of his books. It's a lot. He has other books that are better. Like, a lot of detail about, like, the process of going out and, like, But here's right, the thing. Or, Steinbeck also has that in Grapes of Wrath, and that book is amazing. Yeah, that's true. That book works. You can yeah. do it, you can do it correctly. But a lot of these people, I think, were, were writing editorials where they were paid by the word. And I mm-hmm. get it. You know, you need to put that extra coin in the bank sure, account. Sure, sure. So well, that if, middle, that 19th century fetishization of, I mean, you know, before we overlaid all this stuff with concrete, um, before certain big companies <laughs> changed the landscape like of Disney. America. Yeah, you know, it was one of those. But, uh, but yeah, it was easier, I guess, to fetishize some of this big, beautiful land. Still is, actually. I mean, it's still mm-hmm. very pretty. Um, While we're talking about that, should we do this? Oh, yeah, it's a good time for that. Okay. So our cocktail cocktail today is kind of um so it's a mix and so as you all know ryan got me this awesome book and it has a recipe for an apple toddy which was first found in a recipe book in like the 1815 1815 Mm. i believe so i thought that would be pretty appropriate it it called for like a baked apple with boiling that didn't really work out for me but we have a labor intensive well and not just that but like the I didn't. Fi- I couldn't figure out like baking the apple and then mushing it in the water. Like, is it just? A, is it a chunky drink? And so we decided. With we had best intentions. No chunky cocktails, please. Yeah, I'm never we, gonna get you that book. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best intentions. We we did. A, you know, we figured that logistically we didn't know how to do that. So we we picked up some spiced apple cider and we added a little bit of apple brandy and we added a little bit of bourbon and I put a little apple slice on there that we didn't ruin. By the way, this rocked. Yeah. Thank you for good. it. I loved it. I won another one, quite yeah. frankly. Um, so, and our little picture of it, we, you know, because later on this is so Americana, all right, we have it in our Wish wish You Were Here mugs because it is a hot drink. Mm-hmm. It, it is also a hot day outside. Shatter so, into glasses or, yeah. Or so, um, you know, um, we put it in coffee mugs so it wouldn't break anything and so I have an Austin one, and then to keep with the Disney, Ryan has a Disneyland one. Indeed. So now when you see the picture, you'll yeah. know who was drinking what cup. Well, and if you want information about that other cocktail that we Yeah, and see. if you want to look at any of the pictures, they're all on Instagram. Right, exactly. you got to go there and follow me there to look at them. But as far <laughs> as just our little short... <laughs> please do, and please do. But as far as, far as just the little shortfall goes, you know, we've made through ten episodes, and we, we figured we'd just harken back to the early days of our cop-out cocktail stretch. Uh, no, but I and think yeah, yeah. this is better than it the is. Jaeger, for oh, example. Yes. Um, and well, we did yeah. have all intentions to make it. It just didn't... There's other than the instructions. It was just bacon, apple, and then with you had boiling hot water and apple brandy. And I didn't... It didn't say it, like, to muddle. It didn't say, yeah. to, you know, as a cocktail with the 1850s, does it just sit in there? Do you just get the juices? I... It wasn't very specific. Yeah. And I didn't know. So... Yeah. And I hated that apple brandy anyway. I thought oh, it was God, a church. Yeah, it's it's horrific. Mine has apple brandy and bourbon, and his just has Did it work? I mean, I you can't let, really you taste can it. it. All right, I'll give it a sip. Um, but just remember, uh, Disney's Folliers, is that what we're calling them now? Yeah, it's, it's in the bit. back. Just remember, guys, oh, yes. we will never lie to you. Mm-mm. So this is another example of that. I do want to talk real quick about the music in Johnny Appleseed. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, I thought you were going to... We had talked about this um, the other day. Hmm. Um, 
we're way over 21. We don't drive after we do these podcasts. You know, we don't um, go out and do, like, well, we do if we have... We have a safe ride or whatever. We're not driving. We're not putting anyone else in danger. There's a reason these podcasts go every two weeks. <laughs> yes. You know, yes, we don't we do this to our livers all the time. And time, yeah. we just wanted to let everyone know, like, you know, if you're going to drink, please drink responsibly. If you're underage, I hate to be a brat or a bore, but like, come on. Yeah. You got, you literally have. Be cool, man. The, you be literally cool. have the rest of your life to, yeah. to drink. It's not worth it. And you don't so. want to live it as a paraplegic either. So it's just no, one of those so things. Just, so. You know, just be, be responsible. You know, we do get a little folly-ish That's in some of our concept. episodes. We but, do, so you can enjoy it from a safe distance. But literally after, I think, both of those, we've we've pretty much gone straight to bed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So Yesterday um, was a tough one. Maybe you heard that, guys. Um... Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we you know, Disney is, is for the children on a certain level. I think Disney does a lot of work when kids watch it to bring, you know, to bring you into adulthood, help you understand things, help you get a sense of, um, you know, what's right and what's wrong and, yeah. and certain feelings. And yeah. um, we hope that uh, some of you out there listening to us are kids. We appreciate it. Uh, it's good for you coming in, you know, getting into this discussion here and sort of a different level of these movies. But, but listen, kids, uh, I've been drinking for... 10 years. Somehow I didn't start till I was 21. Me so either. follow that lead. There I you didn't. go. Follow I, I honestly us. didn't. I didn't like, I would have maybe like wine at Christmas with yeah. my family. Cause like, you, you know, whatever yeah. you get those little sips and you then get you, those little sips and you're, you're not drawn like, to it yet. So just two things I want you to think about. One, when we were kids, we had a lot of fun in high school. We yeah, both we had did. a lot of fun <laughs> yeah, in high school we did. and we were never drunk. We were never on anything else. No, and we so just something to think about there. <laughs> Second thing too, is that look, in my experience, even at this age with drinking, you always pay a physical price. You do. You always pay a physical price. It may not be in a, in a, I mean, hopefully, it, it won't always be something that is detrimental, mm-hmm. obviously, and luckily it, that hasn't happened to the either time, of yeah, us. Yeah, it won't be, but, but it'll still hurt it'll you. It'll feel that way, yeah. or like in your pocketbook, or yeah. in your stomach, or yeah. in your head, or, yeah. you know. Or some combination of the three. Now, so. we're not saying there aren't other great ways to have a good time that are better, but just in this case, when we do this, just, yeah, don't take this away from it. Drinking isn't cool, it's just a means to an end, and sometimes you watch a movie that you really just need a damn cocktail to get through. Yeah, and that's not any of these movies particularly. I mean, it is maybe this one. Not most of them, yeah. But, um, you know, we just wanted to, we just thought this was a fun little niche thing because we are both of age to do and add to our podcast, you know. So, yeah. So, cool. Cool. Anyway, Thanks for listening to that one, kids. Sorry for the little soapbox. No, it's just, cool. No. It's, we uh, just both felt it was important to say. Yes. Yes. And thank you for, for listening. Yeah. Um, as far as the musical component of Johnny Appleseed, we'll touch on that real quickly. I don't quickly. even remember the music. Well, uh, the fella's name is, I believe it's Dennis Day, and he was, a, mm, he was an Irish mm-hmm. uh, uh, singer and, oh, sure. a, yeah. and a comedian occasionally, I believe, and he does all the voices mm-hmm. in the in the skit. Now, if we're wrong about that, if somebody no, else fills I think, in this. No, I think he pretty much did. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just three. His narration is Johnny and there's the old codger uh, angel that we think is Davy Crockett. And, um, but the music was provided by a guy named Ken Darby. There's a couple interesting things about Ken Darby. First off, Disney didn't like... It's weird, because he's all corn-pone American in this particular moment of his life, but he didn't like this music. And the, oh, yeah. uh-huh, the thing he said, said about it was that it was like New Deal music. Now, <laughs> I basically think... I mean, that's an evocative phrase, even that though you're kind of so like, funny. what? But like, I think of songs like... Happy Days Are Here Again, these, like, really corny, kind of older, 30s songs. Yes, and so it's this kind of, oh, it's it's just very, it certainly doesn't swing, I'll tell you that much. Ken Darby's interesting, though, because in addition to winning some Oscars for his whole career was he scored 
a lot of movie musicals. So he didn't write, oh. like, he didn't write South Pacific, and he didn't write a Flower Drum Song, but he won the Academy Award for the music for King and I, um, oh. and, and Porgy and Bess, and Camelot. It's weird. He's just the other musical guy Wait, in these he didn't movie do musicals. South Pacific? No, he didn't write any of these I'm musicals, but he did the... Right oh, sure. Yeah, no, that's the only song I know. That. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great song. Um... But the other thing about him is that he was the singing voice of the Munchkinland mayor in uh, Wizard what? of Oz. What? As mayor of the Munchkin City, in the county of the land of Oz, I welcome you most regally. Yep. Yeah, I knew you'd like that one. Yes. Yeah. I I love that's you, why I didn't tell you. I love when you saved trivia <laughs> yeah. for a reaction. That's Likewise. so great. Likewise. Yeah. Real time, folks. Oh, but yeah, so that was uh, Ken Darby. So cool. interesting stuff there. And what's the next uh, part? Little two. Here's where I started to check out of the movie. <laughs> I have to say. You just hate the Andrews sisters. No, I don't. Even though, again, guys, listen to the Boswell sisters. They were way doper. Crazy people. Crazy Um, but the little toot one, I mean, this is the, what we just saw in Lambert, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and this is what we saw in Dumbo, and it's yep. not as good somehow. Yeah, I would have rather this one be Lambert, for sure. Yeah. Now, he like, beats he beats Pedro the Plane, my arch nemesis, but, but, toot, <laughs> but toot is definitely, uh, yeah, he's, he's I mean, it's, hard yeah, to love We've in done the same this way. story before. Mm-hmm. He, like, screws up a city doing a tugboat thing, and then he, like, saves a big ship. Spoiler alert, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, the Andrew sisters sing good, harmonize good, as usual, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit boppy, which mm-hmm. is cool. I have to note, too, that there were a couple scenes. There was a scene where there was yellow water when the uh, police boats were taking him away from his big faux pas, and I thought that was interesting and cool. It gave it a kind of a weird, dark feel, but it was yellow water, and I was like, well, that's interesting. And, uh, there were I the- wonder if that was a tr- strange coloring thing, or maybe it was like, he's scared and he peed? <laughs> well... If you go back and see the scene, he would have been really scared then, because that whole thing was full. I don't know. There's also a scene at the end with these beautiful pink clouds. Like, look, sure. Disney's still real good at They love their pink clouds. Stuff, yeah. They love their pink clouds. They do. They do. So that stuff I liked. Yeah. That's the I didn't. Okay. I didn't care. That's fine. What else do you want to say about Toot? I mean, that sums it up. Yeah. No, exactly. I apologize. It's disgusting. You're I'm so gra- sorry. No, it's um, you're a great big toot, little toot. You do get the fun of the Andrews yeah, the, singing say, the line. Yeah, you're a great, you're big, a great toot, big toot, little toot. I was going to say, there was a, something funny Not at the end of the line. Not a compliment for a long time. I mean, he's a cute little boat, you know. Yeah, he's little. Disney loves his cute little cute thingies. Little thingies. But it, it's hit or miss. It really is hit or miss. Uh-huh. Sometimes you just can't. I mean, Dumbo, I still tear up thinking about that little guy. Know. You know, and all the mute business. Toot's mute, too. But it's just like, something about him. It's just like, all right, I right. get you. Are you good? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, the next one is trees. There's poetry in trees, they say. Which featured a reading of the poem Trees by Joyce Kilmer. In um, that sleepy, masked choir voice. Music by Oscar, performed by Fred Waring in yeah. Pennsylvania. Fred, Fred Waring actually was a hugely popular band leader, and um, it was Waring's Pennsylvanians was his band. He had a show. He was involved in union stuff. He was mm-hmm. he, his name. The Waring Blender is named after Fred Waring because he lent his oh. promotion to that. So um, yeah, so that was him. But. What the hell do you remember about this? Segment? I honestly don't remember this one. Again, That's like Lambert should have been here. Yeah. Casey at bat should have been here. This one, it's like, who I, is it for? I literally don't remember it. We just watched what it. What audience? It's is it a, for? right here on Wikipedia. It says um, 
They used the idea of frosted cells over pastel images, right? Uh, they pasted them onto the cell. Oh, that sounds cool. Before being... Okay, so... <clears throat> To re- preserve the look of the original story sketches, oh, sorry, layout artist Ken O'Connor came up with the idea of using frosted cells. So Wikipedia doesn't even talk about the movie. Yeah. It's just telling you about a process. Shout out Wikipedia. Our He's friend. using the frosted cells and render the pastel images right onto the cell before being photographed. Each cell was laminated in clear lacquer to protect the pastel. The result was a look that had never been seen in animation before. So it's like an exercise in the form. Sure. So it's, it, you know, always changing up the game. That's well, probably the most interesting thing about it. They were experimenting. I guess and something. Well, go ahead. Were saying. they singing the poem? I don't even remember. They were. Okay. But, like, um, I guess we have to consider that for some of these movies, it wasn't, like, a carefully curated selection so much as maybe just trying to put out some stuff. I mean, how long is this movie? For. It's, I don't know. It felt like ages, but it was probably 80 minutes. Okay. I mean, you got to go to the bathroom at some point. During yeah, the exactly. <laughs> and it's the perfect, that segment is the perfect time I for think I actually nice went to the bathroom. Luxurious the pee. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Good for you, Fred Waring. Thank you for your blunder. Thanks for the pee break. And the pee break. Um, All right. And finally, we get the return of my boyfriend, Jose. Caraco, blame it on the Samba. He's not nice. really. That's weird. Don't date an animated character. Well, I just he think can make he's. It work. I just think he's charming. Yeah. Um. So they are very. Flame. It starts off with them being very blue, and they're very like somber and sad, and almost traced in like they're mutants. Outlines. They're mm-hmm. mutants. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then they meet up with the Eric. Aracuin or whatever you Eric say. Aracuin bird, yeah. and he introduces them to Samba. Even though Jose introduced Donald to Samba yeah, they already. Know Samba well. I don't know, but it was very fun. And oh my goodness! Excuse me. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, the Dining Sisters provided the vocals vocals behind Ethel Smith, who was not Miranda, Carmen no, Miranda. she was a faux Miranda so, in faux this. Miranda. I don't know anything about the Dining or Dining Sisters. I don't know anything about them. I assume they're just a knockoff uh, Andrew sister. Mm-hmm. Ethel Smith, though, was another big, big singer, uh, and she was an organist as well. Yeah, she so plays she's it in playing, this. and like they get... They get dropped into this glass of, like, this cognac glass, and that's where she's playing, and that's where they're swimming around and dancing. I don't know. I just enjoy a good Jose sketch. Oh, yeah. It's always great when he appears. I love him with Donald. It's a shame they didn't just keep doing those movies, I, but um, they were clearly not done with the Three Caballeros, like, no. dreamy, lovey, weird, trippy stuff. Right, and I'm sure there's lots of other shorts that they've done in... Uh, that where they appear, just right. not in the full. Well, yeah, form. I would love to watch so, them. Do you think even that this may have been an outtake from the like? Yes, yeah. I feel like this was. I feel like, or or what we were talking about because it's not an outtake because Ethel Smith was there instead. Right. What I think what happened is Three Calabaros was great. <laughs> they wanted to like have care like have Disney characters to be a draw for this movie. Mm. Not that. I mean, there's definitely two segments that we think could have gone mm. and others would been replaced and still fit the theme, I yeah. feel like. Lambert and definitely Casey would have fit that Americana theme. Oh, yeah. It would have been great. <coughs> Excuse me. 
but I think maybe for marketing purposes, they're like, look, it's Donald and Jose again. <laughs> Let's bring them back. Remember how much fun you had with Jose? Yes, like, yes. Um, I don't know when they put this out in Latin America if they did, but I don't um, know yeah, that, the nice ten minutes of like, here you right. go. <laughs> here, this is for you. Because um, yeah. it really doesn't fit with the rest of the theme of the movie. No, musically or, or, or style-wise. Or, or theme. Yeah, yeah. No, none of it. It's kind of just... Unless they're in America and they're sad and they're thinking about South America. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of that. None of that I wish I weren't in America for this patriotic movie. I'll tell you that much. But I don't know. I don't know where they are where they're, when they're sad. <laughs> I do like the blue. I do like so. I do like mm-hmm. the whole way of it. It's great. And the one thing about Ethel Smith that I found interesting is that she was married to Ralph Bellamy for a period of time. Uh, the great Fall Guy actor from um, uh, uh, Awful Truth and His Girl Friday, and uh, later on in um, what's that? Uh, Trading Places is that what it's called? The Eddie Murphy and uh, sure and uh, Dan Aykroyd movie. Fall Guy. Do they mean like Prattfall? Like it's kind of the dork that that Cary Grant gets the girl instead of him. Jimmy Stewart? Well, <laughs> he put up a fight. Ralph Bellamy was a big, I'm bigger kind of up. schmo. He's great. Ralph Bellamy's one of the great comic performers of the I'm sure I know him. I'm just yeah. like... He had nothing to do with the movie, of course, but he he, yeah, he was married to a uh, cultural appropriator. So just Ralph... Miranda and right. Ethel Smith. It's not working. Okay, I'll look him up later, but... Yeah, I, I just... It. When you say Fall Guy, I, I, I used to, like, Fall Guy, I immediately think of the opening of the Dick Van Dyke show. Oh, sure. Like, <laughs> And I think of uh, whoever they pinned uh, Watergate on, although he got away with it. G. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Liddy, yeah. You guys make all your guys stars, all your crook stars. Anyway, I'll probably edit that part out. Yeah. But um, uh, Ralph Bellamy, you may, I think, oh no, it wasn't Ralph Bellamy. I thought he was the voice of somebody, but he wasn't. Um, I was thinking of Don Amici, who we referenced earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he was the voice of Shadow in Homeward Bound. Oh. Was, is that not a Disney one as well? Yeah, that's a Disney one, because yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. J. Fox and Sally Field. That's right. Another great trio. Um, almost know. as good as Panchito and Jose and uh, Donald. We're, almost as good. We are Segway masters yeah, now. Yeah, but Panchito is not in this one. Just no, the, he's not. Just the bird. I love that rooster, but yeah, he's gone. <gasps> pew, pew. Um, speaking, then, of, speaking of pew, pew. I know. Good one. Segway queen. Uh, right. Our last segment is the longest one, 22 minutes, and it is Pecos Bill. So now, yes. Pecos Bill was not a real person. He was a tall tale, folk tale, yada, mm. whatever you want to call it. Um... And his story was that he was raised by coyotes and later went from being the biggest and best cowboy who ever lived. Right. Whoa, Pecos Bill was quite a cowboy down in Texas and a western superman to say the least. His voice was his voice. His voice was named Widowmaker. His horse was named Widowmaker. I was just embodying the 1940s accent. Yes, indeed. It's coming through. And it recounts how Pecos Bill was tamed by a beautiful woman named Slewfoot Sue, who he falls in love with at first sight. Another redhead. Yes. <laughs> and this story kind of goes where starts off talking about Pecos when he's little. Or no, it just starts off... Oh my god. It starts off with like literally a tumbleweed bowling for like a good three minutes. Oh my god, yes. They really put you there. And I was like, Jesus, is this the whole thing? <laughs> Um, and then it goes to live action people with Roy Rogers, right? His horse and the two little kids from Song of the South. Yeah, there's Lana Patton, I believe is her name, and, Bobby and then Driscoll. Bobby Driscoll. In fact, before we talk about the live action bits of it and the music bits of it, let's talk about the cartoon because that's the part I'm less okay. interested in. No now, of course, these these tall tales. You know, the whole thing about tall tales is it always ends with a an origin story for some natural phenomenon, right? That, like right. that sort of thing. And when we were kids, I had a little. I think they were called Reading Rabbit or Rabbit Ears things, and they were these books 
or these stories kind of on CDs. And they had a famous narrator doing the story. Uh, we had a Peacock's Bill one, and it was Robin Williams. Oh, uh, that would have been so... Oh, he was... I mean, he's God. out of control on it, but he, it's a good one. It's a funny one. And so... I, I, I... And we'll talk about a lot of this later. I still... That... that his death makes me so sad. And sure, this is going to be the PSA episode. If, please reach out to someone if you were feeling that way. I yeah, just please. You know, um, yeah. it can even be us. Just sure. shoot us. You oh know? my gosh, come on, we're desperate um, for communication. <laughs> so yeah, we'll give just, we'll give as good as yeah. It's it's so almost like Greek theater that he was so like yeah. so made everyone else so happy clown, and yeah. was exactly anyway anyway well, well, i he, can go off know, on, i will go off on a diatribe when we see when we talk about aladdin also i haven't mentioned how hot aladdin was in like the last few episodes oh my god get so a couple i'm just gonna in, yeah i'm just gonna do that real quick since it's a summit so anyway. oh but yeah robin totally. williams man he was a national treasure well one thing i i have also learned piggybacking of what you were saying uh, you know the, the the years i've been alive here mm-hmm. um if you keep your pain private it's the worst thing you can do. I with agree. It. You you must exchange those feelings mm-hmm. with somebody else that cares about you because it, it will be a physical healing process as well as a purely yeah, emotional. You definitely need an one. outlet and a healthy one. Yeah, yeah. Now he, what he was going through is a completely unique situation. Right. And I mean, and there I may under- have been some medical stuff, but like, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I understand. Yeah. Just don't. I guess my take, don't be afraid to ask for help or get help. Yes. Always, always good to always good to say. While these movies, while we're slogging through these movies, Cinderella, Peter Pan, and Alice in Wonderland, which of course were previously referenced, all very much in the works. But here yeah. we are back. Also, in Texas. why maybe the, oh, the the animation for these was kind of a little bit lackluster because mm. in the next major movie is the first kind of uh, the first movie that the nine old men quote unquote worked on. So all of his top animators, he was pushing to that project. Yeah. So. We're getting into a good stretch, you guys, so thank yeah. you for sticking with us, but bring some friends, because yeah. it's going to get it's gonna get fun. We're going to match yeah. the qualities of those movies. Anyway, we're Texans, in a way. In a way. Um, you know, we've been stuck here for a long time. The whole, <laughs> but the whole, well, your mom did contribute this beautifully uh, apt thing where she said that none of the the Texas scenery was accurate. No, none of it's accurate. There's cacti from Arizona and yucca from mm-hmm. New Mexico and all this stuff. Um, what do we want to say about, I mean, this cartoon ends with his girl his best girl bouncing up to the moon. Yeah, and, and so and I'm not familiar. Like, so I don't really consider myself a Texan because maybe I, also because I'm not familiar either, with. But yeah, but I'm not familiar with Pecos Bill as a tale, and so I was like, wait, what happened to her? And my mom was like, oh, she went up to the moon, and I'm like, what? Well, like, because I don't... then he's he all his coyote brothers help him howl at the moon, and that's why coyotes howl at the moon, and that's the oh, that's oh. oh, good. There you go, epiphanies. There I we are. didn't hashtag epiphanies. Wow, yeah. no, it's look, it's stupid, but it's. It's how it, yeah, that's oh, but why I love, that happens. But I love a good reasoning of why animals do things. Yes, well, there you go. That's, that's one good. of the great ones, that's then, fine. for sure. Okay. All, All right, right, well, let's go out into the pasture and talk Wait, about this. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, the this? Yeah, and I'll lead you into what you sure. want to go into. Um, but but Roy Rogers, uh, now, I don't know very much about country music. Um, I, I am one of those people that it's not my automatic favorite kind of music, although no. it's always been housed with some great writing. Country music like blues uh, was not recorded for a long time, but it was, uh, you know, folk-developed music in uh, uh, southern and rural and whatnot parts of this country, mm-hmm. and uh, first started getting recorded in the 20s. Mm-hmm. And um, 
in the 30s you started to have, and of course Western films are, you know, John Ford and all that. This is all, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s and all that. A big, big time for Westerns, and of course now they're the most obsolete thing in the world. But um, uh, Roy Rogers was one of the original. He came on the heels of Gene Autry, but he's one of the original singing cowboys. And children, he was huge. He yes. and Trigger, and he has a singing partner, too, whose name escapes me, but uh, but he, he, I mean, he had friggin' merchandise out the wazoo. It was like the premiere of Snow White, yeah. this guy. Um, so he narrates, he does some voice work there, some nice, you know, corny, and his, his uh, band, the Sons of the Pioneers, are there, too, helping Yeah, they do, do a little, stuff. like, live-action Hey, they're good so. harmonizers and stuff, and yeah. wooden actors, but it's they're just cute. there for MC. I, I like him better than Ventriloquist, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but, uh... Oh, God, for sure. <laughs> Well, I think real quick, we want to talk about some, uh, there's some darkness here. Now, there's that little wannabe Shirley Temple, uh, Luann uh, Patton. Yes. Was that uh, her name, Luanna Patton? Uh, um, you know, how do Lu- you say Yes, Luanna Patton. Luanne Patton, yeah. And, and, and Luanna Patton and uh, Bobby Driscoll, as Justine said, were both in Song of the South, a film that we skipped, Disney's first well, live-action film. We didn't skip, it's just not... It's on not our, on our list, which is why, why we didn't watch it. Um, you know, uh, and there may be other reasons that would have compelled us not to watch it. Of course, either you can guess what they are, but um, Luanna Patton... I mean, I'm a little curious. Well, yeah, me too, and maybe we'll put a thing on it. We'll but I don't know where to obtain it, and I'm not going to obtain it, uh, I don't know, whatever. We're not going to give any money to the company for it, that's yeah. for one thing. But, um, it's probably Vulcan. But, uh, so, <laughs> so Luanna Patton, um, you can tell... She she first shows up in Disney's things, you can tell Disney is trying to usher in his own kind of Shirley Temple. She's definitely very... Well, they mentioned in... Um, Fun and Fancy Free, that he was building up his, like, his repertory. repertory yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, and so, no, but she didn't really pan out. Um, I, I'm not crazy about her, but she she retired Does by... Does she even have a line? I think she's just there to kind of be like, oh, wow. Look, there's Pico's a girl, Bill. too. Who's Pico's Bill? At least they, well, I'm sorry, that was a Texan accent. She doesn't have that. Because um, they're, cause they're uh, from the Northeast, and they don't know any about yeah. this, anything about this cowboy shit. But anyway, um, so Luanna Patton retired around 1968. So she was young, and she died late, so she just didn't act. And a lot yeah. of these kids, you know, didn't, like yeah. Dickie Jones and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the boy, Bobby Driscoll, who I've never seen. He's got this very, you know, kind of pugnacious-looking face. Yeah. Um, he also stopped in 1968, but because he died Ugh. of heart failure, because he abused the very substances we are... Well, actually, probably a lot worse. Oh, God, um, yeah. But, but yes, he'll further caution as to self-destructive behavior. Poor kid. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. Uh, three years later... His death was reported to the public three years later. What? Because he drifted out of obscurity, and they re-released Song of the South in 1971 and 72. So they went around and found and did interviews with people to find out what happened to the people in Song of the oh, South. Oh, shoot. And they found his mother, They and she told them what happened, and that's how everybody found out that Bobby Driscoll died. Oh, my God. Pretty crazy stuff. All right, well, that's the um, movie. I mean, we covered all the segments and all that stuff and all the did, trivia. and. Did. uh and here we are at the end, so we're at our, our um, usual place. Well, I, well I, we didn't talk about it yet, so I just wanted to cover some places where this is found in the parks. Oh, gosh, It's yes. not a lot, but obviously the main one is Pecos Bills. So in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Magic Kingdom, in Frontierland, there's a restaurant called Pecos Bills, Tallinn Cafe, I believe is the full name, mm. and or Tall Tale. It's actually not terrible, so it has, like... I mean, Magic Kingdom is probably one of the worst restaurants or one worst parks like for, sources for of quick food, soup yeah. service. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that being said, I mean, you can get like their generic like tacos and uh, or burgers, uh, salads, whatever, nachos. 
But the appeal of Pecos Bills is they have this huge topping, fixins bar, as they call it. Hmm. So if you just get a plain hamburger, you can go to the fixins bar and then just, like, if you want lettuce, if you want little bacon bits, if you want cheese, you can just kind of build that on yourself. That's cool. Now, That's kind of cool. And so, but, it, you know, it's, it's, and it's big portions for what you get. And yeah. and the seating area is ginormous, and it's inside, and it's air-conditioned. So, uh, honestly, yeah, what more like could you, should, you want? Yeah, put it on the itinerary, <laughs> for sure. We didn't even so, talk about You made me think about the Tall Tale movie when you said... Um, when you said uh, yeah. that it's surprisingly not terrible. <laughs> I'm not sure if that movie is or not, but I wonder if we should just mention that that's also a Disney movie that Pico's built. Because I'm not sure if the restaurant ties into oh, just the cartoon or... I don't know. There's a lot of kitchen there for sure. Like, it's a little bit dark. I haven't explored a lot of it. I've only eaten there once, and I believe we got the nachos. Um, Do you like Frontierland and all that? I, oh, I love Frontierland. It has okay. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I right. love Splash Mountain. It has its own train station, which is great. Um, I I always joke that I, I... There's a picture of me when I was little eating a huge, gigantic turkey leg. Oh, it's classic. Now, I just... They smell so delicious. I They're ginormous. I couldn't eat them. But I just want to... I just want to buy it once when I go and just, like, everyone share it. Everyone take a bite. I'm sure yep. they're salty as crap. Yep. I am sure that they're going to kill me in five, like, they're going to take five years off my it life. It becomes a habit, sure. But I just, want to, I just want a couple bites of one, although it's also hot, so it doesn't sound appealing, but it smells so appealing. Honestly, they're good. And apparently, like, that, like if I'm going to get one, it's going to be in Frontierland. Yeah, sure. Well, last time I got one was a, the, t- the well, one you, time you I got, got caught one? out. Yeah, I, I was actually, I broken off from my family. And you I ate was, a turkey leg? I did, because we used to as kids. And my dad brought one along too at one point, just doing the whole thing you're saying where everybody gets a bite because you need that sustenance. And um, oh my god, a whole big rainstorm broke out right mm. as I had the turkey leg in my hands. So I was like a shelter. Everybody was it was crazy, but that oh, turkey wow. leg got me through. I got to tell but you that it, it just looks like it'd be so delicious. Yeah, no, it, it is. And like you said, very salty. It's all dark meat, but you know it is delicious. But I like it's it's I like dark good. turkey meat. Oh yeah, me too. Um, um, have you ever seen that show? That kind of corny show because we saw it once. That 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 like stagecoachy show. Oh, we were going to talk about that. In a second too okay um so that and i just wanted to touch on real quick in frontierland with all its kitsch um there is a kind of a, a silver pan or pot like johnny appleseed wore on his head that is hanging up on the wall and then just underneath it a plaque that says johnny appleseed which is a cute little <laughs> yeah cute little t- tie-in yeah. um also referenced in the parks is pecos's lady love slew foot sue Slew Futsu. Slew right. Futsu, that yes. very yeah, so, attractive. There's a restaurant writing. in Disneyland called the Golden Horseshoe Saloon, and actually they used to do a dinner and a show there, and she was kind of the MC, where it was her and her dancing girls would entertain oh. travelers in Frontierland, and then Pecos Bill would come in and interrupt the show, and they would sing some songs together. I forgot about that because I haven't seen. I saw it once when I was a kid, and I have some weird, like lingering memories. Of but yeah, it, but in a, there is a Walt Disney World Diamond Shoe as well that used to do something like it. But like, I mean, the Golden Horseshoe going back in the day. Like, there's a picture of Walt posing with like the saloon girls that like dance there, and like it just seems like if there was a show. I would like to go back in time and see it Disney World. It would be or Disneyland rather. It would be that one. Wow. Okay. Because I just cool. I just think it would be so fun. Like and I, again, I was talking like how great would it be if there was like a, a like a not just not an Annie Oakley where she's like more boyish, but like mm-hmm. a cowboy lady that embraced her ladiness, but and then was redheaded to boot on top of it, and she's kind of like 
in charge of all these, like, saloon girls and, like, run the show. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it'd be fun. So so that's where it is in the parks that yeah. I could find. I want to just cap Frontierland real quick by saying my sure. dad, my father, uh, loves that Country Bear Jamboree. I love Country Bear Jamboree. It go. is so, oh, my goodness. It's a cult hit there. Steve, yes. It is so <laughs> great. Um, I, God, Disney, don't listen to this. Disney, go away. Um, if they ever change that, because it has those, like, subtle, like, PG-13 kind of nods <laughs> that just go over your head when you're a kid. But then once you're an adult, you're like, yes, I love this. And I know Goofy Movie made fun of it with Possum Park. That being said, yes, it's still, the anim- animatronics do need to be updated a bit, but don't you dare touch any of that, that music. <laughs> don't you dare. That text writer, blood on the saddle, <laughs> is so great. Or, like, all the guys that... Uh, that um, Turn me on, turn me away, or something. It that is so great. And oh, man. Steve, next time we're all going to Disney because it's going to happen. You and I can go because no one else really appreciates it <laughs> like we do. Um, if there's any family tension, you guys can just kind of like get away from. We're, it. Yeah, right we'll just there. go get a turkey leg and we'll go share it. It'll be weird. <laughs> Heck yeah. Janet can be there too. Colin can be there too. So it's not that weird. And then we'll just go and watch Country Bear Jamboree. Can you bring food in there? We'll sneak it in. Nice. Um, sounds like you guys are set. Yeah, that sounds great. like a great 20 minutes in air conditioning eating a turkey leg with Wonderful. your folks. Well, I look forward Listening to Listening to trip. Tex Ritter and <laughs> yeah. The Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah. I think that is fantastic. And I am so sad that that movie that they tried to make in the 2000s was as horrendous oh as it God. was. Oh, my God. Haley Joel Osment, right? It should have been better. And creepy-ass bears, right? I, oh, yeah. wow. It should have been better. And then in Disneyland, when they had it, because I think it's gone from Disneyland now, they used to do a Christmas version and they would overlay it with, like, Christmas versions of those songs. And I wonder if those were as tongue-in-cheek. You know know. what I mean? On Jesus' birthday, of all things. Heavens to Betsy on Jesus' birthday? Um, Wonderful. I love Country Bear Jamboree. So, yeah. Country Bear Jamboree is great. Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, mm. Tom Sawyer Island. Is that is, does that count as Frontierland? It's, it's right there, right? It's right so there. You probably, take a little boat. Yeah. Um, no, I love, I love, I love that area of the park. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's cool. Did you want to shout out an information source? Of oh that? yes. Okay. So where I'm getting a lot of this confirmed from is this a website that I really wish I found a couple episodes ago called Parkology. Now he hasn't posted on this list in a while, but he was updating. All the places that you can find Disney animated feature films in the parks, which is what we're kind of doing as well. So, again, it's parkology.com. I don't know the guy that runs it. I just found it, and I will be putting the link into our description awesome. so that you guys can find them out as well. Yeah, shout and out I will, Parkology. I will guy. probably be using them from now on since I found it because it's just, just easier. Like, if I don't know it, like a movie like this one, it's, it's a good place to reference. So... I really appreciate it. Yeah. There's thank a cute you. little picture of the hat and Johnny Appleseed that yeah, I see right cute. now. And there's there's some things that we missed from previous episodes, but we're just gonna pretend yeah. you guys can just Don't go look, look it back. up. Right, exactly. No, Only go, forward to the future. Go run to his website, bring up his traffic, go mm-hmm. check those out to see what we missed, because we're not gonna tell you. Nope. Nope. You gotta find out you yourself. Gotta go, Sometime. You gotta go In pick life, them up. You gotta go do it. You gotta <laughs> plant those apple seeds and whatnot. But thank you, Mr. Parkeology. Yeah. So, um blah blah blah. Do we wanna rate Oh yeah. So we decided with these shorts, it's so hard to pick something that's consistent. <laughs> yeah. And so we debated on back and forth between, like, maybe apples, because that's what we base the drink off of. We even said melodies. We even said melodies, because it's called Melody Time. Paintbrushes. I, for a while, while we were talking, I was thinking maybe we rate out of redheads, but obviously <laughs> all redheads are great, so that would yes. have been five out of five oh, yeah. just out of redheads. It. exactly. So we decided on paintbrushes, because that's the way that each scene is kind of introduced. So, um, 
It's so hard. I wish we didn't watch the three other shorts because I want to base... If they were in it, I would have given this a higher score. I'm it's hard to rate in a vacuum at the end of the day, you know? I'm so. giving it a one out of five paintbrushes. Wow. The dreaded one. We almost need... We need a sound effect. Cue sound effect. Man, Justine, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, this did not help my, held my interest. I love a good folklore and, like, the Americana yada yada as much as the next girl. If this was just a two-bit one, like Making the Beanstalk and Bongo before, and it was just Johnny Appleseed and Pecos Bill, and they really developed them more, and they had a little bit more story time, and I understood why she went to the moon, maybe. <laughs> but, like, I mean, two, God, two of these I don't even remember. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and when you've just watched it. Wintertime is adorable, and the Pecos and the other ones are the big long ones, but like, and and Bumblebee is cute, but Tugboat I could do without, Trees I could do without. These are impossible to rate because there are so many different ones, and they all get one star for like linking them together. Yes, okay, no, you're right. I do appreciate the theme, and that's actually, no, that's what the one star is for. Half the star is for (laughs) Pecosville and Johnny Appleseed, and the other half of that star is for theme. Very nice, very nice. No, I love it. I love it. You're always when you when you disagree, you <laughs> slash and burn. I appreciate that. I seem like the the milk and toast one now. But uh, what I will say, I had high hopes for this one. Uh-huh. Like you said, I mean, with winter time and all that, more so than make my music. The kind of as I spoke about earlier in the episode, the kind of the just uh, unironic ideological slant to it kind of put me off. Plus, I mean, I just I admit it. I have a a natural aversion to the whole cowboy western thing. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I don't disagree with it, but I mean, if it had been a better short, I would have appreciated it. We didn't even mention, of course, they they did some editing on that one. Oh um, yeah, they we, he's smoking and oh no, heaven forbid. No. Yeah. I mean, it's bad and you shouldn't smoke, but like that's what they did back then. They grew tobacco and they smoked it. They didn't add all the rat poison like you big tobacco people do now. Yeah, man. They were just smoking the tobacco that they grew, and it took it out. And there was a whole tornado scene that maybe would have woken it up and given me a 2.5 or 2, exactly. two paintbrushes. It's a shame. you got to watch these butchered versions, but thank goodness for YouTube. Shout yep. out YouTube. Yay. I would say, overall, I'm leaning probably two and a half paintbrushes on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all rather average. Nothing about it I particularly hated. I just was very bored. But I'm thankful that, I mean, A, I, I just, I totally forgot about that wintertime thing that I was yeah. so beloved to me. And uh, I just, your I, reaction was cute. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I went crazy, guys. It was like an old friend coming back. I love that cartoon. So it's yeah. worth watching just for that. I mean, find it on YouTube and watch it. I the mean, Bumblebee yeah. one's popular, too. Uh, yeah. It's good. But, um, yeah, yeah, screw that tugboat. And, you know, I don't care about these, these folkloric heroes. Sorry, Walter. So, uh, yeah, two and a half for me. But hey, we're done. Yeah, We're done with this weird stretch of Disney. Yay! And I'm looking forward uh, to next time around we're going to do um, Ichabod, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Yay! Yes, and, uh, both of them. I like them. I have fond memories of the movies. And so. I know where they're prevalent in the parks. <laughs> Wonderful. So we are all set. So yeah, please join us next time. Uh, in the meantime, Steenie, yes. you want to? Yes, uh, follow us on our Facebook page. Uh, we also have the private group that you can add if you want to discuss the films in further detail with other fans. Follow us on our Instagram. where I, That's where I post all the pretty pictures of us our cocktails and also if I have a picture of like the movie we're talking about that's featured in the parks I'll try to post it you can listen to us on SoundCloud you can listen to us on iTunes you can listen to us on um, Stitcher you can listen to us on Google Play please drink responsibly our logo is by KT Lindemann Facebook Instagram oh I'm not really tweeting anymore but I mean you can follow us on there maybe I'll put something fun up yeah, definitely. We encourage iTunes, I think, as a main source, but whatever's good for you, we're everywhere, so go ahead and do it. And yeah, please, the, the, I love uh, our Instagram, which is all 
Justine. And uh, yeah, please, let's get some followers on that because there's great work being done there. Yeah. I do want to throw in a quick legal disclaimer. Uh, we have been, we've been a little late on this one, uh, but I think we're going to be cool. Now, the, the main bottom line is that we're poor, don't sue us. That would be, that would be lame of you. Yeah. But um, there are clips, of course, in these episodes. We enjoy giving you a little bit extra immersion in the whole experience so that we hope you go out and watch these movies and support the Walt Disney Company and all of their ethical ventures. Uh, but the, the clips are, and, and ourselves are protected uh, as fair use per Section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Act. Um, and shout out to the great Law & Order SVU and otherwise podcast These Are Their Stories for hipping me to the little technique of mentioning that so our asses are covered. Yes. Um, another wonderful time with you guys. Thank you so much. May all your dreams come true. And, and uh, uh, have a magical day. See you real soon. <laughs> Sweetest disposition. One guess, guess who? Who never, never starts an argument? Hmm? Who never shows a bit of temperament? Who's never wrong but always right? Who never dream of starting a fight? Who gets stuck with all the bad luck?